Welcome to Carve to Beautify, a podcast designed to encourage and inspire young women like you to seek a deeper relationship with God and discover His purpose for your life. I'm your host, Alyssa Tangway, and in this episode, my friend Michelle Neeb is joining me to discuss how we can turn singleness into a season of plenty and a time when we fix our eyes on Jesus and His amazing, unboundless, pursuing love. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today and uh, being willing to talk about such a fun and yet very interesting topic. And I'm just super excited that you're here. And I know that our listeners are going to be encouraged and inspired by what you have to share today. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Alyssa. Um, It might seem like a touchy subject, but I have lots of opinions. It's a fun thing to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Welcome, opinions. So just so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, can you tell us where are you from and what do you do in life? Okay. Um, where I'm from is a little mixed. I was born in Maryland, raised in Ohio. I lived in Tennessee for six years. I lived in the Dominican Republic for one year. My parents are currently in Maryland, so that's where my home base is. I lived in Arizona for a year, and now I'm living in the capital of Guam. Wow. And can you quickly tell us why you're in Guam? (laughs) Um, I'm here to teach math at Guam Adventist Academy. That's the short answer. (laughs) That just sounds like such an experience. Like, I don't know, I've never been to Guam, but I think it sounds like a neat place. (laughs) Thanks. Um, It's really interesting how God lines things up. Um, What I'm doing in life is a very deep question, but... I am following God in whatever that means and really asking for the center of his will while investing in my friends and career. So what is one activity that you really enjoy? I love hiking to waterfalls. Um, I like the hike itself in all the nature. There's usually mountains around waterfalls and then the waterfall is just beauty incarnate it's one of those things that god didn't have to do for us but he chose to do just because it was fun and so i love finding waterfalls i have to jump in here because i remember one of your waterfall hikes and it will ever be infamous in my memory because i'm pretty sure it was like the hottest day in tennessee and we had this big group and we went hiking and i remember there were a couple other girls um friends of both of ours and the two of them and myself stopped along the trail and we're just like we can't go any farther. (laughs) This is just too much. We are glistening with sweat. Like there is no waterfall that will be able to make us happy at this point. (laughs) But it turned out that we did find the waterfall because you were like so cheery and upbeat and come on everyone, we can do it. And it was just, it was a great memory from that year. Definitely. Well, I didn't mean to say that you couldn't swim in the wit- in the river at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. But, but wasn't that waterfall worth it? I believe that one was like 50 feet tall and none of it was touching any rocks after it began falling. It was like walking into a shower. 
It was. It was pretty. It just kind of sparkled <laughs> as it came down. And each one so has I... its own character. Okay. I could go on about this all day long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the waterfalls are very pretty. And I think that um, they actually make, honestly, a great segue into our topic. Because, like you just said, every waterfall is unique. And it all all the all the waterfalls like they are different and they the water flows off of them differently their structure is different some are really tall some are not and like they're all just super different and i think that that's how it is obviously with people we are all different we're all called to different things in life um and the path of our life and the timetable of our lives is not going to look the exact same like it's going the time is going to flow differently for different people so I know that today we're talking about singleness and I just am wondering what do you think in your experience so far is the best part about being single and what is maybe the most challenging part? In my experience, I think that the best thing about being single is the freedom it has. And let me expand on that because most people are not thinking about single as free, but it's a way to live life where you are the one accountable between you and God for what you're doing and the freedom to be able to do whatever he is asking of me without anyone else's ideas or dreams or even leads weighing on me is just, it's uninhibited growth with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see being single. And so it's one of the things that I've loved and done intentionally for a while. Um, Like how I'm in Guam, that would have been a much more difficult decision if I had a husband in the mix too. (laughs) (laughs) All Um, right, honey, this is what I'm getting called to do. (laughs) (laughs) Pack your bags. (laughs) And there are couples that do that, which is impressive to me, but it's just, if you are to marry having someone in your life who's going to make all of the important decisions with you, it's so crucial for that person to be one with God and Mm -hmm. want God first in absolutely everything because otherwise all of these fights that would ensue are going to take you away from your relationship with Jesus. That's where the pain is going to be. And God intended relationships to be beautiful, but we're not talking about relationships. And that leads into the most difficult part about being single. And that's not having someone to share it all with. Um, God has such an adventurous life in this world. And he intends us to like be with him first. But he's definitely designed relationships into a part of our personalities and characters, something that we desire. And I'm, we can get into that later. But the hardest part is not having the companionship and all the adventures. Hmm. I like how you're saying that singleness is a time to just grow and expand, you know, be adventurous. Like, um, I definitely see that as a plus. (laughs) And it's also, you know, it's cheaper to travel by yourself. (laughs) But I see that as (laughs) So my second question is, how can we make singleness a season of plenty? instead of looking at it as a season of drought. You know, I hear a lot of my friends talking about um, 
you know, to be honest, like I'm only 22 and some of my friends are younger than me, <laughs> but they're still like saying things, you know, about, oh, time is running out and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, time is just beginning, guys. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? My, well, first off, you're 22. I'm 26. So if there was a time clock, I'd be in deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't believe there is. The best part about the prolonged singleness for people who do want a relationship is that it's necessary for both character solidification, personality solidification, and for the fusing of our lives with God. In the very beginning, we had Adam and Eve in the garden, and part of the curse of sin was that Eve's desire would be for her husband. That's part of the result of sin. That's not something that was God-given. Now, marriage is God-given. Partnership was God-given. That was before the fall, before they chose to put their own minds and wisdom ahead of his, ahead of God. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception and pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And when God made the original creation, he designs Eve as a help meek. But because our desire for our husbands is part of the curse, singleness is specifically a season in which we can eradicate the effects of the curse in Eden in restoring our relationship with God first. Because mm -hmm. he's not saying now women pay more attention to men than you pay attention to me. He's warning us that in sin, we will pay more attention to men than we will to him. So if we don't have a man in our life, it's a time in which we can specifically dig back into God and reorient our hearts to focus on him instead of where they would naturally go. Wow, that is powerful. Like I've never thought of it like that. I don't know. And I literally just read that verse today and when I was doing something else and that would have never like crossed my mind. That is so neat to make that connection uh, because I was wondering like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, that's that's really cool. I love that. Well, praise God. When I read it, I was like, this is so cool. Let me share it with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> when we're in a season of singleness, we tend to have more time alone with our thoughts, which is not always the best <laughs> thing. Um, and I know that for me, um, there have definitely been lies that I've been tempted to believe, one of which is, like we were just saying, the whole like clock, you know, and the, the time and everything. But I'm just wondering, are there any other lies that you or maybe some of your other um, single girlfriends like have been tempted to believe during the season of singleness? Oh, sure. I think that <clears throat> because it's one of those seasons in which God's trying to rework our heart, it's also the one where the devil will come in and say all of the lies possible. But the most common one that I've found is this idea of less than, like, because I wasn't chosen, because, like, we're just single for different reasons. Either a relationship didn't work, we've never had a relationship, maybe we didn't go that route because of distrust in general. Um, there's so many different types of single women out here, but it all feeds into this idea of less than. And 
that is such a lie because it feeds into the idea that our worth is defined by someone other than God. Mm. Um, it's the easiest one to feel um, as we're not sought, not pursued by earthly people. But we need to remember that this is the pursuit of God. Um, if you read the minor prophets, there's that crazy story about the prophet that was told to go love a harlot. And yes. <laughs> like he marries her and, you know, makes a stable woman out of her, but it's not her life. She doesn't know how to live that way. She runs away and he has to go win her back. And when he does, he doesn't show up with more roses, more chocolate. The way God says he woos her is that he leads her into the wilderness and cuts off everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and then once everything else is cut away, he knows his flowers would be one in a dozen of all the men lined up. And God wants that single devotion. So I didn't mean to use single in that context, but he wants our unadulterated devotion to himself above every other thing. So if we're in a season of singleness, it's not that we're less than something else. It's that God is the one pursuing right now. And he's cutting off those other sources so that we will recognize him more. And I think that it's crucial to realize that sometimes, um, I'm not trying to say that relationships are a distraction because they're not always there are lots of healthy relationships out there but sometimes it is easy for us to start prioritizing either that person you know or that um, mm -hmm. that relationship if we don't have a foundation you know already built and so I think signal yeah, singleness is a time of preparing and building that foundation um, so that something else can later stand on top of that and you know your marriage will stand so much stronger if you've taken the time during this season to really build that foundation and, you know, examine the core beliefs that you have, um, the lies that you might be believing, that type of thing, and to really grow um, your, your personal self <laughs> and in your relationship with God so that later something even more beautiful can be added on top of that. I like what you're saying there. Um, it's definitely one of those seasons and to recognize that relationships can be very healthy and still need to be cut away. Now, that's one of the things about recognizing the purpose of being single. There is so much purpose in singlehood. And I don't think that we're doing ourselves a favor by assuming that all of us were built for relationships. Um, Paul talks about how it's better to not marry, but I don't think that everyone should be single. And I'm not advocating <laughs> that, but. I am advocating having a serious conversation about whether or not marriage is something that would be good for you or not. And like that could be a really hard thing to talk with Jesus about because it is something we all desire so much. But it's a good question to have answered before we go pursuing relationships. Mm. So what do you feel like is one thing that God has been revealing to you about his character um, throughout this season? <laughs> um, it'd be hard to narrow it to one. Um, what God has shown over and over and over again is that he is the ultimate fulfillment of every desire. And 
that sounds so cliche because single people, you know, that dating Jesus phrase gets thrown around a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But he wants to be so intimately close with us. Um, If we see how God talks about us, like he says how we're no longer slaves, but we're friends. And we see how he describes the church as his bride and him as the groom. We see in, again, the story, we see him say that you will no longer call me my Lord, but you will call me Ishi. And I was like, why would I want to call God Ishi? (laughs) But that's, it's my husband, my lover wrapped into one. That's what that word is. And that's why it didn't get translated. But God wants to be our life partner. He wants to be in that first chair of priority. And I think that's the first thing that, and the deepest and most necessary lesson. It's interesting how all the others come back to that, that he is the only thing that matters. Um, I remember at the beginning of my singleness, which would probably sound weird, but um, I didn't think that singleness was going to be a part of my journey in life at all. And so I had, like, I grew up basically in a relationship. And when the first season of that not working and me praying over it and when all that hit, I was actually focusing on the Ten Commandments. And normally when we think of relationships in the Ten Commandments, you know, we look at adultery. You shall not commit adultery. And we talk about how that works. But I actually found it in the other commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. We talk about having idols in this life, things that we prioritize above God. I think relationships are so sneaky because sometimes they are not the idol. They're the graven image. We come Mm -hmm. to God viewing him through the filter of how we've seen other people demonstrate love, demonstrate caring. And so when we're too focused on our relationships, and I'm not saying that this happens to everyone, but I am saying examine where you are because it's a fault that a lot of people have without knowing it is that whoever you're with is that male figure tends to be how you view God, how you approach God as if God had the character of the guy you're with. And that is a graven image. And when I saw that and like, I realized that relationships were taking God's character and diluting it so much it was just so repulsive to me and it it doesn't happen only in relationships like we tend to do that either with people who inspire us but again it's part of the curse that our desire is for our husbands and we tend to view God in whatever lens we've been given so what he's taught me about his character has been to break that lens and to really dig into him to ask him, help me view you as you are. Help me see you. Help me understand you. And it's fun prayer to pray. Like, God, help me to see the little love notes that you write throughout the day. (laughs) Um, It sounds a little different, but God really does not just provide, 
but he is actively interested in a vibrant relationship with us. And if you ask him to like open your eyes, consistently ask, because there's so many things that try to cloud our eyes, but ask him to open your eyes to see how he's working in your life simply for joy and love's sake, and it will change everything. Wow. That's, that's such a cool thought of like looking around, um, specifically having eyes for, for Jesus. You know, you hear like people say, well, keep your eyes open, you know, during this time and, and like be, be looking around everything. I'm like, yeah, that's important. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, that you should be naive and like not learning about, you know, other people and, and seeing who's out there. But I also love this parallel of like, at the same time, you know, have your eyes fixed on Jesus and on the things that he is doing for you, you know, um, mm -hmm. every day. Like, that's, that's really amazing. I like that. It's like the proverb, two are better than one, and a three-branded cord is not easily broken. Um, mm. That's not, that verse to me is saying, you and Jesus are better than you alone. Or maybe you and a guy are better than you alone. But it should be you and Jesus first. Because if a cord of three is not easily broken, who's that going to be? Like, our hearts and minds are wired for two significant relationships. And one will always be first. And the other will be second. So if you have the relationship with God in place first then your romantic relationship can easily fall into that second slot. But our hearts are wired for this three-way relationship. And if you don't find that with God, it's going to bring so many different distractions into your marriage. So my next question is, would you recommend a single woman to pursue career or personal dreams or goals um, what do you think? <laughs> 100% yes. Um, why do you expect to suddenly be a different person after you say I do? Ooh. Be who you are now. Go for it now. If you're in a pattern of waiting for a guy to come along before you go for your dreams and goals, you'll just find something else to wait for once you're in that relationship. Wow. Wisdom of the day. <laughs> you know, I was recently listening to another podcast and I might link it in the uh, episode description so that everyone can find it. But it was by a author and her name is Stephanie Mae Wilson. And she has a podcast and she was talking about relationships and, and singleness. And she said something really interesting that I had not thought of before in this, in quite this way, but I'm sure um, everybody's heard, you know, the saying, the watched pot never boils. Mm. And she was saying, she's like, you know, the pot is going to boil eventually, most likely, you know, like you said, <laughs> maybe not for everyone, but it's going to boil eventually. But if you turn around and get busy, like chopping vegetables or, you know, setting the table or doing something else, it's not going to feel so painstakingly slow and you know like lonely standing there watching this pot waiting for it to boil and I thought like that's such a cool way to describe it because like you're saying you need to be busying yourself now doing what you love like we already talked about how singleness there is more freedom um usually if it comes mm -hmm. with that and so do the things that you want to do now that's not to say that when you get married like all of a sudden you can't do anything like I know no. that's not true 
but I think it is important to um, prioritize prioritize your goals because right now, you know, it's just like you said, you and God, and God has big plans for everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, it reminds me of this David Asterix sermon where he says, if you're wondering about a mate, don't do that. Like, start running. You're running the race. You're running that Christian walk. And you're running. And then you notice someone is running beside you. And a lot of people, that's where they veer. Someone's running beside me and they follow that person. But don't run after God. And keep running and see if that person is still keeping up with you as they also run towards God. And so, like, pursuing what you want in life isn't just about biding time or, like, distracting ourselves that we are single. It's about actually being the best version of ourselves, in which case you will create a better relationship later if you are being the best version of yourself now, not only for the future person, but for yourself, because you'll be in a different spot. If you're constantly journeying with Jesus, he doesn't leave you where you are. He's constantly growing you. And when you're growing, you're getting happier. I know growth can be a painful process sometimes, but it really is (laughs) for our joy that God is doing it. And if we treat singlehood as something that we are stuck in on or something that is undesirable, or if we throw away years of our lives waiting, there's just so... It's just such a limiting thing to do to God. He has a design for you right now. He has a design for everyone. And would you rather be pursued by a guy who is doing nothing with his life, waiting for you to come along? Now, I know this is probably the wrong direction, but if we picture this guy's living in his basement, he's got the degree, but he's not really applying for a job because he doesn't know where his wife is going to want to live. And if he's not actively doing things like the inaction in men is so much easier to see as unattractive than it is in ourselves because we (laughs) wouldn't do it in such minuscule ways. We will still get the job. We still have our friends, but it's usually the most important dreams that we put on the back burner because we don't have a relationship. It, and that looks different for each woman. But if you ask her why she's not doing something after you found out what it is she really deeply, truly wants to do, it's because of the marriage. And mm. it's impossible to find someone lined up and doing what you want to do with your life if you're not doing it. <laughs> I love that. And I think it reminds me of the book, um, Hind's Feet on High Places. I don't know if you've ever read that. Yes, that's a good one. It is. And I remember the part where it has a little flower and it's called acceptance with joy. And I think that that really describes like, (laughs) at least how I want to view um, my season of singleness is acceptance with joy. Just being like, okay, God, this is what you have for me right now. So I'm going to move forward like with joy and embrace that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it reminds me sometimes of that quote from Corrie Ten Boom. Well, not quote, but that story from her book where she's thanking God for different things. And she and her sister are doing it together. And she's like, all right, we're going to thank him for the rats. 
And she's like, what? Thank him for the rats? I hate the rats. I'm like, but we said we'd thank God for everything. So we're going to thank him for the rats. So they <laughs> say, thank you, Jesus, for these rats you put in my life. <laughs> Not to say singlehood is like rats, but a lot of us have that innate fear and disdain for it. <laughs> but later on, she finds out that the reason that the guards weren't constantly in their room or in that section harassing those people is because the guards were afraid of the rats. And so it had saved her a life, like a whole realm of pain because the rats were there. And if we could like just recognize that it's a blessing and not just because it's a stage, like it's a blessed stage. Hmm. Like we get so focused on how singleness is setting us up for the future that we almost miss the blessing it is right now. So if we understand that it's a blessing and we are looking at it like that, how do we kindly respond to people (laughs) in our life who perhaps don't see it as a blessing or have a slightly different timetable for us? (laughs) Uh, A lot of times I smile and nod and I say thank you (laughs) because I do thank them for it because they mean well. They've had such marital bliss that they want it to be sprinkled on (laughs) everyone and don't understand why it's not in our lives yet (laughs) um but the people even closer like even recently like one of my relatives asked me or mentioned how is she going to make this big decision about moving alone I bet she wished she had a husband with her who could help her decide whether or not to go to Guam (laughs) and oh my you know this was a conversation between a relative and my mom and I praise God for my mom she was like actually I think Michelle's really grateful that she gets to make this decision on her own (laughs) (laughs) your mom is the best (laughs) yes Uh, for so many reasons um (laughs) But, oh, happy anniversary to them, by the way, today. Oh, yeah, 37 years. So happy wow. for them. Um, but when different relatives, church members, it often goes like this. So are you married? No. Are you seeing anyone? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> It'll come. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I'm throwing up my hands like, I wasn't sad about this, but that's, another... <laughs> um, but that's another thing. A lot of people, a lot of us are walking around in singleness as a jar of sadness because it is hope deferred. And like we hear that verse, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when we have that conversation with God asking, like, is a relationship right for me? We also need to ask him, is it what I'm supposed to pursue now? Like, one of the reasons that has never been something that like pains me is because it wasn't the right time. Um, I've purposely blocked out time in life to be single and I've actually done it twice. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of the first one relationships started. And then this is interesting time for me because maybe it's a new time for a journey into my singleness that like I've been talking with God and I'm like, you know, I, I think this season is up. Do you? 
Um, but ultimately trusting him that if whatever he's putting us in for now or forever, like he has the best plan in mind. And even if I may think this season is up, he must have like truckloads of affection that God wants to share with just me and not share with anyone else. And if he wants Mm. to be my sole source of affection, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not just okay with that. I'm excited about that. Wow. That is, that is so cool. (laughs) So for our final question, what practical advice would you offer a young woman who is worried about her lack of a relationship, but truly wants to enjoy every season of life, but especially the season of singleness? Um, My main advice, or I have a question first. Have you always been worried about relationships? And I feel like this is a key thing to evaluate. Have relationships always consumed your worries or is this a new thing to worry about? Because if relationships have always been a worrisome or a consuming thing, take a step back. Invite God into a year in which you don't think about it at all. And when I say you don't think about it, like people say, oh, don't worry about it. And then they'll just line up the moment you stop. It's true, but it's not true because that's the one you're supposed to be with. It's true because that one's the distraction. Set aside time with God for intentional singlehood in which you're not even thinking about relationships, in which every guy friend is simply a friend and you will not even think about anything else with that friend and watch your friendships explode watch your understanding of men in general explode as you're just there as a friend and not worried about anything else with them watch your relationship with god explode watch your life change when you're not thinking about relationships for a chance like for a change um if we let the singlehood season only be that watching that pot waiting for it to boil or like distracting ourselves in the vicinity of the kitchen waiting for that pot to boil I think my biggest advice is if you've always been waiting for that pot to boil turn the heat off and walk away do something else for a while and if you've already done something else for a while and you're like okay god time to put the hot pot on time to get this water try a different burner (laughs) Must be something wrong with this one. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we do so many times. But for real, turn the stove off, get out of the kitchen, go on a hike, like (laughs) and find a waterfall. (laughs) (laughs) But let there be a season in which you're not thinking about it and see what God does with that. And if you've already experienced that season and now you're coming back to relationships, then I'd like to hear your advice too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it really is. If you've already had those experiences when you're now ready to be in a relationship, because I don't think we're ever really ready. It's not like we're going to be perfected. And some of us also get caught up on that, that perfection of character before relationship. And that's not what's going to happen either. Um, you're always going to be on a journey towards holiness. And so pick a spouse that's going to journey and help you on that and also do that himself. But when it is time, when you are just like, okay, God, I want this now. Okay. I want the water to be boiling. Like, it's okay to actually feel that hurt of not having something that 
this desire was written on our hearts by God himself. And so it's natural to have a lot of feelings about it not being fulfilled yet. And just process it all with God. Don't let that stop you. Don't block it off. Don't say, oh, I'm not allowed to feel sad about this. No, you can be. Like, the hardest part for me about not having someone is really just not being able to share the adventure and all the companionship things. So sometimes, like for me, it's also an opportunity to invest in friendships, invest in my community. But it's also a time to be like, God, you see this. You see this desire. You see everything about me. And you put this desire on my heart. So I'm going to trust that you will fulfill it in the best way. Lead me today in how I need to be led. Hmm. And I think it's really important to remember, too, that um, we can take God along on our adventures during this time. You know, um, I've that's something I've been trying to do a little bit more is especially on like road trips and stuff when I'm driving Mm. to school and back you know I'll be like okay god you know hop in like it's just the two of us today (laughs) and you know just kind of having that mentality of like when (laughs) not having the mentality of when you shut your bible at devotion time like that's where you (laughs) left god you know Mm -hmm. and I'm totally guilty of that um but just kind of taking him along through your day and when you were talking about feeling content, you know, and, and surrendering things to God reminds me of Psalms 34. And it's the second part of verse 10. It says, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And I think Mm. sometimes we look at that verse and we're like, but I am lacking something good, you know? (laughs) Um, But then I think it's important to remember all the times where, you know, the Bible talks about God's timing and the plans that God has for us and the thoughts that he thinks towards us, you know, if we don't have something that we want right now, maybe that's because God knows it's not a good thing for us to have at this moment in our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't mean that we're lacking it. It just means that he knows what's best, you know? Yeah. God is such a good parent. Like we want so many things that aren't good for us. (laughs) And it's, well, I want to say we're like the three-year-old who just wants to eat a tub of ice cream and God has to be like, no, no, no. Let me feed you the real food first. <laughs> Let's have this complete it. substance of us. <sighs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for just expounding on this and sharing your advice <laughs> and your um, life experiences. It is, it's so nice to um, hear from someone who's been through multiple like seasons and, and has made this commitment um to getting to know god better and just really pouring into that relationship first so thank you well thanks for having me and for dialoguing on this it's always great to talk about how different parts of our lives relate to our relationship with god so i appreciate it to follow Carved to Beautify on Instagram, subscribe on Spotify, and share our podcast with your friends. Until next time, may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. Blessings as you beautify the world.